you are now tuned into World War I Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, here to guide you through the labyrinth of memories and tales from the war to end all wars. Each Tuesday and Thursday, we dive headfirst into the captivating stories of World War I. We will traverse the trenches, soar with the Red Baron, and witness the dawn of modern warfare. We'll recount tales of courage and sacrifice, of human endurance against the odds, and of a world forever changed. But our journey through history doesn't stop there. For those of you eager to continue the exploration, we invite you to check out our sister podcast dedicated to World War II, which explores the next dramatic chapter of global conflict. You can find the link in the description or head over to podhour.com ww1. In the smoky heart of the European summer in 1914, a war was brewing that would change the very face of the world. It was a time of rising tensions and belligerent nationalistic fervor, as the intricate web of European alliances tightened, threatening to ensnare all in its deadly grasp. At the core of this imminent storm stood the formidable powers of Germany and France, their destinies converging on a little town in northeastern France, Saarbrück. This seemingly inconspicuous town, nestled in the gently undulating landscape of Lorraine, was about to take its place on the grand stage of history. As German and French forces marshaled for a conflict of unprecedented scale, Saarbrück was chosen to bear the brunt of the first decisive blows of what was to become the Great War, or World War I. General Paul Pau of the French army, a seasoned veteran with a stern gaze and a formidable reputation, found himself leading the French forces. His German counterpart, the charismatic and calculating Crown Prince Ruprecht of Bavaria, commanded the German soldiers. Their rivalry was to be the linchpin of the ensuing clash of titans, forever immortalized in the annals of war. In the tumultuous summer of 1914, the Battle of Saarburg was about to unfold. This is the tale of the men who fought bravely, the generals who commanded them, and the strategies that swayed the fate of nations. A tale of courage, sacrifice, and the brutal reality of war, as we step back in time to relive the seminal moments of the battle that shaped the course of World War I. Chapter 1 The Prelude Europe in 1914 was a simmering cauldron of geopolitical aspirations, military might, and age-old rivalries. Nations stood poised at the brink of a destructive conflict, watching each other warily as they brandished their allegiances like gleaming swords. The assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, the heir to the Austro-Hungarian throne, by a young Serbian nationalist in June, was like the last drop that overflowed the cauldron, spilling its content into the world and setting the stage for a catastrophe. Within the corridors of power, political leaders, and military strategists began to whisper of war. One such figure was Germany's Chancellor, Theobald von Bethmann-Holweg. He was a man with a vision for Germany's dominance in Europe. However, he found himself in a precarious situation with a potential two-front war against the mighty Russia in the East and the ever-defiant France in the West. To circumvent this, a plan had been formulated years ago, a masterstroke in military strategy known as the Schlieffen Plan. Meanwhile, in France, the air was thick with both anxiety and defiance. 
The wounds of the Franco-Prussian War of 1870 were yet to heal, and the loss of Alsace-Lorraine still ached. The French premier, René Viviani, a man of diplomatic finesse and fiery spirit, stood at the helm, steering France through this turbulent sea. The French people saw in him a beacon of hope, a leader who would not yield to German aggression. For the French, the winds of war blowing from the east were not just a challenge, they were an opportunity an opportunity to reclaim what was once theirs. In these swirling currents of power, a decisive battle was on the horizon. The little town of Saarburg, sitting on the delicate borderland between France and Germany, became a strategic linchpin. For the Germans, capturing Saarburg would mean a successful first step in the execution of the Schlieffen Plan. For the French, defending it was crucial to halt the German advance and protect their motherland. As the nations prepared for war, two military titans were called upon to lead the charge. For the French, General Paul Pau, a stern veteran of the Franco-Prussian War, was tasked with defending Saarburg. His German counterpart, Crown Prince Ruprecht of Bavaria, a man of royal blood and tactical acumen, was tasked with capturing the town. With the whole of Europe watching with bated breath, they would lead their troops into the maelstrom that was to become the Battle of Saarburg. As the echoes of war drums started to resonate across the continent, both Germany and France launched into swift action. The Schlieffen Plan, the carefully drafted German strategy that aimed to knock France out of the war quickly and decisively, was set into motion. Troops poured into training camps, a vast sea of gray uniforms, their faces stern yet brimming with resolve. In the German capital, Berlin, there was an air of grim determination. The plan's success hinged on rapid mobilization, and no effort was spared to meet this monumental challenge. Leading this charge was the figure of Helmut von Maltke, the German chief of staff. A man of strategic brilliance and unyielding focus, he meticulously oversaw the execution of the Schlieffen plan. His strategy called for the right flank of the German forces to sweep through Belgium and into northern France, encircling and crushing the French forces. Meanwhile, across the border in France, a similar scene of rigorous mobilization was unfolding. But the atmosphere was charged with a different energy, a sense of avenging past defeat and defending their homeland's dignity. From bustling cities to tranquil countryside, Frenchmen from all walks of life answered the call to arms. For them, it wasn't just about halting the German advance, it was about regaining the lost territories of Alsace-Lorraine. At the heart of this French fervor was Joseph Joffrey, the chief of general staff. A man known for his calm under pressure and unwavering faith in his troops, he was determined to give Germany a fight they wouldn't forget. Even as the Germans initiated their plan to sweep through Belgium, Joffrey chose to focus his efforts on the Franco-German border. He had faith in Plan 17, a counteroffensive strategy primarily focused on Alsace-Lorraine. And so, the stage was set, and the town of Saarburg found itself at the heart of this colossal showdown. Paul Pau and Crown Prince Ruprecht, these two towering figures, now took center stage. Their command sent waves of men, artillery, and war machinery rolling towards the eastern French town. Saarburg, now standing as a symbol of the opening act of this worldwide catastrophe, 
waited with bated breath as these forces neared. The imminent clash promised a conflict that would echo through the pages of history, forever immortalizing the Battle of Saarburg. In the early days of August 1914, the armies of Germany and France embarked on a decisive journey. Their destination, Saarburg, a modest town that had found itself in the crosshairs of a conflict larger than itself. For the Germans, it was a crucial cog in the execution of the Schlieffen Plan. The French, on the other hand, saw it as a bulwark that could halt the German advance. A seasoned soldier and an experienced leader, General Paul Pau took the helm of the French forces. His gaze was firm, his orders succinct, and his commitment to the cause was unyielding. Every step towards Saarburg was heavy with the weight of French hopes. Pau was a man of few words, but his actions spoke volumes. The lines of worry on his face were hidden behind a mask of stoicism, for he knew that the slightest show of anxiety could ripple through the ranks of his soldiers. On the German side, Crown Prince Ruprecht of Bavaria prepared for the march with a similarly unwavering spirit. As the men marched in lockstep, the rhythmic thud of boots and the soft murmur of prayers filled the air. Ruprecht, a royal blood with a keen understanding of war strategy, was acutely aware of the responsibility on his shoulders. He looked out at his men, their faces a mix of resolve and trepidation, and vowed to lead them to victory. The paths of these two men and their armies were about to intersect at Saarburg. Every night, as the soldiers set up camp, songs of war echoed across the landscape, the lyrics heavy with stories of home, of valor, of fear, and of hope. The march itself was grueling days were hot and nights were cold, fatigue was setting in, but the prospect of the upcoming battle kept their spirits alive. As the townsfolk of Saarburg watched the horizon, the looming threat became more real with each passing day. Amid their regular chores, they would steal worried glances, knowing that their lives would soon be caught in a whirlwind of a war that was knocking at their doorsteps. As the dust clouds on the horizon grew larger, the realization began to sink and the Battle of Saarburg was about to begin. Chapter 2 The Armies Clash On the morning of August 20, 1914, a profound silence had blanketed Saarburg. It was the eerie quiet before a storm, a moment of tranquility before the town would witness the ferocity of war. Nestled amidst rolling green hills, Saarburg, with its quaint houses and cobblestone streets, seemed an unlikely battlefield. Yet, fate had chosen this peaceful town to be the stage for the first significant clash of World War I. The French, under the stern leadership of General Paul Pau, had taken up positions. Pau's men waited, their hearts pounding in their chests, their rifles steady in their hands. The general, a tall figure atop his horse, peered into the distance, his piercing gaze fixed on the approach to the town. His steely resolve was infectious, inspiring confidence in his troops. On the opposing side, Crown Prince Ruprecht of Bavaria led the German forces. An air of determination surrounded him, his royal demeanor tinged with the grit of a seasoned warrior. His orders echoed through the ranks, and the German soldiers, in their gray uniforms, steeled themselves for the battle ahead. And then, it began. The French artillery roared to life, belching fire and smoke. 
the shells traced arcs in the sky before descending onto the German positions. The sound was deafening, a stark contrast to the silence of the morning. The opening salvo had been fired. On the receiving end, the Germans scrambled for cover. However, they were not to be deterred. With a rallying cry from Prince Ruprecht, they regrouped, their artillery responding in kind. The lush green fields around Saarburg transformed into a deadly dance floor, with bullets and shells for partners. As the opening salvos rained down, each side gauged the strength of the other. The Battle of Saarburg had begun, the echoes of the first shots sounding a grim prelude to the relentless conflict that lay ahead. In the midst of chaos and carnage, Pau and Ruprecht, the men leading these forces, held the future of the town and potentially the course of the war in their hands. As the cacophony of the battle rang across Saarburg, a pattern started to emerge. The German forces, guided by Ruprecht's strategic brilliance, began to push the French back. Ruprecht, a picture of calculated calm amidst the chaos, directed his men efficiently, exploiting the weak points in the French defenses. The Crown Prince, aware of the importance of winning this first significant confrontation, inspired his troops with his courage and determination. On the other hand, General Pau found his men strained under the onslaught. He quickly realized that the German attack was not a blunt hammer blow but a meticulously planned assault, exploiting the French defensive line's vulnerabilities. Pau, a veteran of numerous battles, knew he had to act decisively. As shells exploded around him and bullets whizzed by, he rallied his men, encouraging them not to yield an inch to the enemy. The moment of truth came when the German forces, buoyed by their initial successes, launched a fierce attack aiming to capture Saarburg. Ruprecht knew that taking the town was pivotal in establishing early dominance in the war. The French lines seemed on the verge of collapsing. But in this critical moment, General Pau proved his mettle. Rallying his troops, he launched a counterattack that caught the Germans off guard. The French soldiers, inspired by their leader, fought with renewed vigor. Their rifles barked, their bayonets gleamed, and their war cries filled the air. The German advance began to falter. Pau's counteroffensive changed the dynamics of the battle. His leadership not only lifted the French spirit but also slowed the German advance. As dusk fell on Saarburg, the day's fighting had changed the fate of the town. Ruprecht, though surprised by the French resilience, knew that the battle was far from over. The Battle of Saarburg had reached a critical juncture, a turning point that would significantly impact the war's course. As dawn broke over Saarburg on August 21, 1914, a renewed energy filled the air. The previous day's clash had set the tone for what would become a pivotal confrontation between two opposing forces, led by two contrasting yet equally determined leaders. This was not just a battle between armies, it was also a duel of generals. General Paul Pau, the defender of Saarburg, had shown his tactical genius and unyielding spirit the previous day. He was a sturdy oak in the storm, steadfast, resilient, and unbroken. His strategies were innovative, his orders firm, and his resolve unwavering. Each decision he made, each order he gave, was a stroke of his brush on the canvas of this violent struggle.
Opposing him was Crown Prince Ruprecht of Bavaria, a leader of royal pedigree with a strategic acumen honed on the battlefields. He was the master conductor of the deadly orchestra that was his army, directing the rhythm of their advance and orchestrating their assault with precision. His leadership was both inspiring and relentless, driving his men forward even in the face of daunting resistance. On this second day of battle, these two generals locked horns again. Pau, understanding the importance of Sarborg, aimed to hold his ground, while Ruprecht was determined to seize the town. Their tactical decisions, orders, and maneuvers were like a high-stakes chess match, each trying to outweat the other. Under Pau's guidance, the French forces launched daring counterattacks, keeping the Germans on their toes. Ruprecht, however, was not to be outdone. His strategic adjustments and tenacity in the face of French resistance showcased his ability to adapt. As the day wore on, the battle swung like a pendulum, first favoring one side, then the other. The actions of Pau and Ruprecht, their strategic decisions and their leadership, were instrumental in shaping this volatile battle. Amidst the smoke and the noise, their duel continued, each general pitting his tactical brilliance against the other, their fates and the fate of Sarborg hanging in the balance. Chapter 3 The Height of Battle The dance of death continued in Sarborg, a haunting ballet played out on a stage of destruction. As the two armies clashed, the once quiet town turned into a battlefield, echoing the chilling symphony of war. Through it all, the duel between the two generals, Paul Pau and Crown Prince Ruprecht, defined the conflict. Pau, determined to halt the German advance, used every strategic trick up his sleeve. His tactics revolved around flexibility and adaptability, constantly shifting defensive formations to counter the German onslaught. He was everywhere, rallying his men, organizing counterattacks, and overseeing the defenses. His leadership was a beacon for the French soldiers, a guiding light amidst the darkness of battle. Ruprecht, on the other hand, continued to press his advantage, attempting to break the French lines with relentless assaults. His tactical acumen shone through, his maneuvers designed to stretch the French defenses thin. A determined leader, he was unyielding in his resolve to seize Sarborg. His orders were precise, his strategies ambitious, and his belief in victory unwavering. This dance between the two generals had become the heartbeat of the battle. Each maneuver, each countermaneuver, was a step in this deadly dance. The French resilience under Pau's leadership contrasted sharply with Ruprecht's relentless German advance, making for a compelling contest. Yet, amidst this chaos, the human cost began to mount. The once serene town of Sarborg was now a battlefield, its cobblestone streets stained with the blood of soldiers. Both sides suffered losses, each casualty a grim reminder of the true cost of war. This deadly dance was taking its toll, yet neither side was willing to yield. The battle raged on, a relentless struggle of wills between two opposing forces and their leaders. The outcome hung in the balance, the fate of Sarborg yet to be decided. On August 22, 1914, the battle reached its climax. Sarborg, caught in the middle of this conflict, had been changed forever. Its buildings scarred by artillery, 
its streets echoing with the sounds of war, the town had become a symbol of the struggle between two nations, represented by their leaders Paul Pau and Crown Prince Ruprecht. Pau, recognizing the decisive nature of this day, rallied his troops with a rousing speech. Today, he said, we stand or fall. His voice was a clarion call, reinforcing the importance of their mission. They were not just defending Saarburg, they were defending France. The French troops, inspired by their general, steeled themselves for the day's challenges. Ruprecht, too, understood the day's significance. His words to his troops were equally resolute. Victory is within our reach, he assured them. We have the strength, the will, and the duty to seize it. His conviction fueled the morale of his men, bolstering their spirits for the battle ahead. The day's fighting was fierce and relentless. French counterattacks clashed with German assaults, creating a whirlwind of violence that swept across the town. Pau, leading from the front, became a symbol of French resistance, while Ruprecht, equally brave and determined, epitomized the German will to advance. The battle lines wavered, buckled, but neither side gave way. Pau's rallying cry, stand or fall, became the mantra for the French forces. Ruprecht's assurance of victory echoed in the hearts of the German soldiers. Their leader's words became their fuel, driving them onward despite the onslaught. As the sun began to set on Saarburg, the outcome of the battle remained uncertain. The town, which had seen three days of relentless fighting, waited with bated breath as night fell. The two generals, their strategies, their leadership, and their determination would determine the fate of Saarburg, and possibly, the trajectory of the war itself. In the throes of battle, amidst the smoke and chaos, heroism often emerges from the most unlikely places. Such was the case at Saarburg, where ordinary men performed extraordinary deeds, inspired by their leaders General Paul Pau and Crown Prince Ruprecht. Private Jean Moreau, a young French soldier from a small village, found himself in the thick of the action. Under intense German fire, he rallied a group of his comrades to defend a strategic position that was on the verge of being overrun. Moreau's bravery, inspired by Pau's call to stand or fall, was a beacon of hope for his fellow soldiers. On the German side, Lieutenant Carl Schmidt, a school teacher turned soldier, showed remarkable courage. Recognizing the need to secure a vantage point that overlooked the French positions, he led a daring charge. His determination, fueled by Ruprecht's words of impending victory, was infectious, motivating his men to follow him into the face of danger. Back in the town, Madame Claire Dupont, a local nurse, turned her humble home into a makeshift hospital. She tirelessly tended to the wounded soldiers, disregarding their nationalities. Her kindness and compassion were a ray of light in the grim reality of war, proving that humanity could endure even in the face of great adversity. As the battle raged, these acts of heroism were unfolding. These stories of courage and selflessness, of ordinary people rising to the occasion, were the untold tales of Saarburg. They were the living embodiment of the words of their leaders, Pau and Ruprecht. The Battle of Saarburg was not just a contest of strategies or a duel of generals. It was also a testament to human spirit and valor. Each heroic deed, 
Each act of bravery added a new chapter to the story of Sarborg, a story that was yet to reach its conclusion. Chapter 4 The Aftermath The morning of August 23, 1914 dawned over Sarborg, bringing with it a turning point in the battle. The days of intense fighting had taken a heavy toll on the French forces. Their supplies dwindling, their men exhausted, the French defense was stretched thin. Despite their valor and General Paul Powell's inspirational leadership, the reality was undeniable they were in a precarious situation. Powell, ever the pragmatic leader, recognized this. His heart heavy but his resolve unwavering, he made a painful decision it was time for a strategic retreat. He knew this was not a surrender but a tactical maneuver, a way to regroup and fight another day. Across the lines, Crown Prince Ruprecht watched the French withdrawal with a mixture of satisfaction and caution. He understood the move for what it was not a victory, but a shift in strategy. His strategic acumen told him to press the advantage but to also remain prepared for any French countermeasures. The retreat itself was conducted under the cover of a final French offensive, a diversionary attack aimed at providing cover for the withdrawing units. This was where Private Jean Moreau, the young hero from earlier, found himself in the thick of action again. Despite the odds, he and his comrades fought bravely, buying time for their comrades to retreat. On the German side, Lieutenant Carl Schmidt, upon realizing the French intent, ordered his men to advance cautiously. His actions prevented any reckless pursuits that could have fallen into a French trap. Back in town, as Madame Dupont saw the retreating French soldiers, she felt a pang of sadness but also hope. Their retreat meant they lived to fight another day. Her home-turned hospital, now busier than ever, became a sanctuary for those injured in the latest skirmishes. The retreat from Sarborg, while a tactical setback for the French, was not a defeat. It was a testament to their resilience and the pragmatic leadership of General Powell. Similarly, the German pursuit, tempered by Ruprecht's strategic foresight, ensured they didn't fall into overconfidence. This chapter in the Battle of Sarborg signified a shift in the conflict, setting the stage for the battles to come in the Great War. In the aftermath of the Battle of Sarborg, the town lay scarred and changed forever. What once was a bustling, vibrant settlement was now a somber testimony to the brutality of war. The air was filled with a heavy silence, broken only by the distant echo of departing French troops and the cautious advance of the German army. The cost of the battle was immense. The lives of countless soldiers from both sides had been lost on the fields and streets of Sarborg. French heroes like Private Jean Moreau and German fighters like Lieutenant Carl Schmidt had seen friends and comrades fall. They themselves carried the scars of battle, reminders of their courage and sacrifice. General Paul Powell, overseeing the retreat, carried not just physical fatigue but the emotional weight of the battle. He had led his men valiantly, inspired them, and fought alongside them. But the sight of his retreating forces was a harsh reminder of the cost of this conflict. Crown Prince Ruprecht, as he led his troops into Sarborg, felt a complex mix of triumph and sorrow. He had led his men to a strategic victory, but the sight of the battle-ravaged town and the loss of his soldiers underscored the reality of this triumph. 
Madame Claire Dupont, amidst her care for the wounded, saw firsthand the true cost of war. Each soldier she tended to, each life lost in her makeshift hospital, was a stark depiction of the devastation that war brought. The Battle of Sarborg was more than a strategic confrontation between two armies, it was a vivid example of the true cost of war. The loss of life, the destruction of a town, and the emotional toll on both soldiers and civilians underline the harsh reality of the Great War. The aftermath served as a somber reminder of this reality, casting a long shadow over the triumphant German troops and the resilient French forces. The Battle of Sarborg was over, but its legacy would endure in the years of war that lay ahead. The echoes of the Battle of Sarborg were felt far beyond the boundaries of the small town. The confrontation had revealed valuable insights to both the French and German high commands, and as the dust settled, these lessons began to shape the strategies for the ensuing chapters of the war. General Paul Pau, despite the retreat, was far from defeated. He recognized the importance of flexibility and adaptability in the face of the rapidly evolving warfare. Lessons learned at Sarborg began to inform his strategic approach. He focused on decentralizing command, allowing for quicker and more responsive maneuvers on the field. Crown Prince Ruprecht II was influenced by the events at Sarborg. The French resistance had been more tenacious than anticipated, which prompted him to reassess his own strategies. He stressed the need for careful intelligence gathering and patient approach, cautioning against complacency or underestimating the enemy. In Paris and Berlin, the effects of Sarborg were also being felt. The French high command, taking cues from Pau's experiences, started restructuring their forces. Emphasis was placed on creating independent, mobile units that could react quickly to changing battlefield conditions. The German high command, while pleased with the outcome at Sarborg, took note of Ruprecht's observations. They began investing more in intelligence operations and refined their offensive strategies, aiming for strategic depth over mere territorial gains. Even the individuals who had stood out during the battle, like Private Jean Moreau and Lieutenant Carl Schmidt, found their experiences in Sarborg shaping their future roles. Moreau was promoted and given command of a unit, his bravery at Sarborg recognized. Schmidt was moved into a more strategic role, his insights from the battle valued. The Battle of Sarborg, therefore, marked a significant shift in strategy for both sides. Its impact on the larger conduct of the Great War was profound, influencing not just the high-level strategies, but also the roles and perspectives of those who had fought on its grounds. The memory of Sarborg became a guiding light, a reminder of the realities of war, and the need for continuous adaptation and evolution. Chapter 5. Broader Impact on World War I The Battle of Sarborg was not an isolated incident in the expansive theater of the Great War. Instead, it proved to be a key domino, setting off a chain of events that significantly affected the course of the conflict. In the wake of Sarborg, the French army's retreat caused a ripple effect across the Western Front. The Germans, sensing an opportunity, intensified their push into France. This further pressure led to the Battle of the Marne, where a massive confrontation occurred. 
The influence of Saarborg was felt here as the lessons learned by the French leadership informed their strategies. At the Battle of the Marne, the French, using the tactical reformation inspired by Saarborg, managed to halt the German advance. It was here that the notion of mobile warfare gave way to trench warfare, a grim and deadly hallmark of World War I. The French resilience at Saarborg had, in a way, set the stage for this defining moment. The German forces, too, felt the domino effect of Saarburg. The Battle of Saarburg, while a strategic victory, had exposed potential vulnerabilities in the German strategy. These lessons, although noted, were not entirely addressed in the ensuing battles. At the Marne, these vulnerabilities came to the fore, halting the German advance and leading to the stalemate of trench warfare. Individuals like Private Jean Moreau and Lieutenant Carl Schmidt also experienced the domino effect of Saarburg. Their roles evolved, influencing their own futures and those of their comrades. Moreau, in his new role, was able to inspire and lead his men in subsequent battles, his experience at Saarburg shaping his leadership. Schmidt's strategic insights influenced German tactics in future confrontations, his experience at Saarburg lending him credibility. Therefore, the Battle of Saarburg was a significant domino in the Great War, its impact felt far beyond the confines of the small town. It set off a chain reaction, shaping the strategies, tactics, and outcomes of subsequent battles. Its legacy was woven into the fabric of the Great War, influencing its conduct and eventual outcome. While the Battle of Saarburg was filled with moments of valor and strategic brilliance, it was also marked by missed opportunities. These lost chances were not only significant in their immediate impact, but also in how they shaped the future course of the Great War. One notable lost opportunity was on the French side. Despite the courage and resilience displayed by General Paul Pau and his men, there were moments when better communication could have allowed them to seize the initiative. A critical piece of intelligence about a weak spot in the German lines, for example, was not acted upon promptly. Had this been utilized, the French could have turned the tide and potentially changed the outcome of the battle. On the German side, Crown Prince Rupprecht and his forces demonstrated effective offensive strategies, but they too had their share of missed opportunities. In the wake of the French retreat, there were instances when a more aggressive pursuit could have dealt a more decisive blow to the retreating French forces. However, out of caution, Rupprecht chose a more restrained approach, allowing the French to regroup and continue resisting in subsequent battles. At a higher level, the German high command missed an opportunity to learn from the French resilience at Saarburg. While they did take some lessons to heart, they failed to fully understand the French ability to adapt and resist. This oversight would come back to haunt them in later battles, such as at the Marne, where the French halted the German advance. The individual heroes of Saarburg, Private Jean Moreau and Lieutenant Carl Schmidt, also faced lost opportunities. Moreau, despite his promotion, struggled with the bureaucracy and rigidity within the French military system, limiting his ability to fully utilize his leadership potential. Schmidt, although his insights were valued, often found himself mired in the intricacies of German military strategy, unable to make significant changes. 
the lost opportunities at the Battle of Saarburg serve as critical lessons in military history. They highlight the importance of communication, flexibility, and learning from every interaction with the enemy. In the larger picture of the Great War, these missed chances remind us that every decision, every missed opportunity, can have far-reaching consequences, shaping the course of history in profound ways. The Battle of Saarburg, while marked by hardship and loss, was also a crucible of learning. From the generals at the helm to the soldiers on the ground, every participant came away with vital lessons that would shape their approach to the rest of the war. General Paul Pau, despite the initial setback, found valuable lessons in the ashes of Saarburg. He recognized the importance of flexibility in command and the need for quick, adaptive decision-making. He also learned the value of morale, having seen how his own unwavering resolve had inspired his men to fight against overwhelming odds. Crown Prince Ruprecht, though he emerged victorious, did not rest on his laurels. He took to heart the ferocity of the French resistance, learning that underestimating the enemy could lead to costly miscalculations. He also noted the need for thorough intelligence gathering, a lesson that would prove instrumental in shaping German strategies in later battles. The lessons were not confined to military leaders. Individuals like Private Jean Moreau and Lieutenant Carl Schmidt also grew from their experiences. Moreau, promoted after Saarburg, learned the burdens and responsibilities of leadership. Schmidt's tactical insights from the battle placed him in a more strategic role, teaching him the intricacies of military strategy. On a broader level, the Battle of Saarburg taught both the French and German high commands about the changing nature of warfare. It showed them the importance of adaptability, the need for swift communication, and the importance of morale in the face of adversity. But perhaps the most important lesson from Saarburg was a sobering one, the realization of the true cost of war. The devastation, the loss of life, and the emotional toll of the battle served as a grim reminder to all involved about the stark realities of war. In the grand tapestry of the Great War, the Battle of Saarburg stands out as a key chapter of learning and adaptation. It was a crucible of change and evolution, a battle that, despite its hardships, left a lasting legacy of lessons learned and strategies honed. Its imprint on the course of the war was profound, a testament to the importance of learning even in the face of adversity. Chapter 6 The Battle's Legacy The Battle of Saarburg though a relatively short engagement in the larger timeline of the Great War, cast a long shadow over the ensuing events and the individuals who were part of it. The impact of Saarburg was felt deeply in the personal lives of soldiers such as Private Jean Moreau and Lieutenant Carl Schmidt. Moreau, having witnessed the horrors of war firsthand and shouldering the burden of leadership, would forever be marked by his experiences. His role in subsequent battles and his life after the war bore the indelible imprint of Saarburg. Schmidt, his insights instrumental in the battle, found himself pulled deeper into the complex world of military strategy. The shadow of Saarburg followed him, shaping his role and responsibilities in the German military. On a larger scale, the Battle of Saarburg left a significant mark on the strategies and decisions of both French and German high commands. 
the lessons learned from the battle informed and influenced the strategies adopted in subsequent engagements, casting a long strategic shadow over the course of the war. For the townsfolk of Saarborg, the battle's memory would linger for generations. The physical and emotional scars of war, the stories of bravery and sacrifice, and the history etched into the very soil of the town served as a constant reminder of the battle. Saarburg itself, rebuilt and rejuvenated after the war, stands today as a testament to the resilience of its people. On a broader scale, the shadow of Saarburg stretched far beyond the battlefield. The battle was one of the first instances of trench warfare and the heavy casualties borne by both sides underscored the devastating potential of this new form of warfare. The lessons learned at Saarburg reverberated throughout the conflict, influencing strategies and shaping the grim reality of trench warfare that would define the Great War. The Battle of Saarburg, while a singular event in history, cast a long shadow, its effects rippling through time and space. Its lessons and consequences shaped not just the course of the war, but the lives of those who were part of it and the generations that followed. The legacy of Saarburg continues to echo, a poignant reminder of the courage, sacrifice, and cost of war. As the years passed, the stories of the Battle of Saarburg were passed down through the generations, becoming part of the collective memory of those who experienced the war and those who only knew of it through these stories. Private Jean Moreau's tale of bravery and leadership in the face of adversity resonated deeply within the French nation. His heroism was woven into narratives of national resilience, inspiring future generations of French soldiers. The tale of his rise from an ordinary soldier to a leader on the battlefield served as a symbol of the indomitable French spirit, a story that still resonates in France's military institutions and beyond. Across the border in Germany, Lieutenant Carl Schmidt's story also took on legendary status. His strategic insight and adaptability in the face of shifting battle dynamics became a model for German military training. Schmidt's tale of overcoming obstacles to influence the outcome of the Battle of Saarburg is a cherished narrative, one that reminds future generations of the power of keen observation and tactical flexibility. The generals, too, had their stories shared. The tenacity of General Paul Pau, his unyielding resolve despite being on the back foot, became a symbol of French defiance. Crown Prince Ruprecht's balanced strategy, his understanding of the importance of reconnaissance and swift action, shaped the future understanding of warfare in Germany. The town of Saarburg had its own tale to tell. The stories of its rebuilding, of its transformation from a battlefield to a thriving town, became part of its identity. The townsfolk passed down narratives of resilience, of rebuilding their homes from the ashes of war, a testament to human spirit and resilience. The stories of Saarburg, though varied in perspective, shared a common theme of resilience, adaptability, and the indomitable spirit of humanity in the face of adversity. These stories, passed down through generations, continue to inspire, to educate, and to remind us of the enduring human spirit, even in the face of the greatest of adversities. The Battle of Saarburg may have ended, but its stories live on, casting their own enduring shadow over time. The echoes of the Battle of Saarburg reverberate through time, offering a space for reflection on the nature and cost of war.
Through the lens of this pivotal battle, we glimpse the courage, sacrifice, and resilience that define humanity in its darkest hours. Reflecting on the life of Private Jean Moreau, we witness an ordinary man propelled into extraordinary circumstances. From the trenches of Sarborg, he emerged a leader, bearing the weight of responsibility with courage and determination. His story is a poignant reminder of the human capacity for resilience and adaptation in the face of adversity. Lieutenant Carl Schmidt's story offers insight into the strategic and intellectual challenges of war. His ability to read the battlefield, adapt to changing circumstances, and impact the course of the battle underscores the critical role of intellect and adaptability in conflict. Schmidt's tale challenges us to consider the complex interplay of strategy, decision-making, and action that define warfare. Looking at the commanders of the battle, General Paul Pau and Crown Prince Ruprecht, we witness a duel not of swords, but of strategies. Their contrasting approaches to the battle offer a reflection on leadership in times of conflict, emphasizing the importance of flexibility, morale, and quick decision-making in the heat of battle. Beyond individuals, the Battle of Sarborg prompts us to reflect on the wider impact of war. The transformation of Sarborg from a peaceful town to a battleground, and its eventual rebuilding, is a testament to the resilience of communities in the face of devastation. This narrative of destruction and rebirth provokes reflection on the human and societal costs of conflict. Finally, the Battle of Sarborg invites contemplation on the evolution of warfare. The first glimpse of trench warfare, the heavy casualties, and the new strategies employed by both sides underscore the ever-changing nature of conflict, prompting us to consider how warfare continues to evolve in response to technological, strategic, and societal shifts. In reflecting on the Battle of Sarborg, we delve into a microcosm of war, exploring the myriad human stories, strategic challenges, societal impacts, and evolving nature of conflict. As we reflect, we gain a deeper understanding of the complexities and consequences of war, shedding light on the lessons of the past to guide us in navigating the uncertainties of the future.